The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. As you know, my name is Ben. Jack has been killed and deposed, and he'll never be back ever again. I'm just kidding. Jack Do we celebrate or what? <laughs> the tyranny of Jack is over. Um, Long no, live Ben! Just, uh, <laughs> it'll all be indie movies from now on. Um, today, we are going to be talking about, and talking in spoilers, there'll be a spoiler warning beforehand, but just again, because this is a very spoiler-friendly review of this movie, uh, definitely to talk about it, I think you need to talk spoilers, and we're excited to do that. We're talking Midnight Special. It's the latest film from indie darling Jeff Nichols, who's done other movies such as Take Shelter and Mud. This week is our uh, Give Bobby a Break from Summer Blockbusters <laughs> week. Thank you. Uh, Just she, one week, though. In between some, uh, some Jungle Book and some Civil War, in between Nostalgia and uh, superheroes punching each other we do a little uh weird indie sci-fi movie by jeff nichols and i will take a little bit of a negative approach so bobby or peter whoever wants feel free to gush about how about you like midnight special i can go first um i i really enjoyed the movie um the from the beginning it ropes you in with the plot i think that the highlight of the movie is how well the plot is constructed you find out bits and pieces of who this boy is and how his powers work or what he is just slowly throughout the film and it kind of unravels in a beautiful way i really appreciated that they went very light on dialogue um the the movie is more told through still like shots um and uh you know, nonverbal acting as opposed to them spelling it out for you. So when you get to the end of the film, there are a lot of questions as to that are just unanswered or you can draw your own conclusions. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about it. I thought that the use of cinematography through the film was beautiful and the use of darkness and light was really, really interesting. It's obviously called Midnight Special, so there's a lot of darkness in the film, but I thought it played off in a really nice um just very artistic way. Uh, I thought that the acting was fantastic throughout. Um, and I, I really just, I thought it was a solid film. I know it's kind of a strange little movie and people uh, have given it very mixed reviews. Some are positive and some are extremely negative. Um, but overall, I thought that it was ex- really, really enjoyable, clever in a way that I haven't seen a sci-fi film in a really long time and just fantastically put together. Thank you, Bobby. And, uh, now, Jack may say that I messed up the beginning of the podcast, but it's actually more of an artistic approach because I've read to a bet or introduced people. But, you know, that's more of a... We're trying something new here. It's not a mess-up, Jack. It's more of a homage to Memento and doing things in reverse. So, Ooh, we do have to bet because our bets from Zootopia aren't going to carry over, so we're going to do a little internal bet. So we're going to do sports because sports move fast, so... Uh, everyone, feel free to introduce yourself and give your bet on the currently going on game between the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors. Currently, the score is 28 Trailblazers, 41 Golden State Warriors. At the end of the podcast, wherever the game is at the time, we will say who will be up and by how much. So currently, Golden State Warriors are up by 13 points. 
So, I am Ben. I messed up the podcast intro, so no need to give anything else. And I think that Golden State will probably be ahead by um, 10. Peter. Um, hmm. Well, it's Golden State Warriors. They have Curry. So, honestly, I think they're going to hold under this lead pretty solidly. I, I think they're going to win by, like, 15. Let's be, let's be honest. Sorry, Trailblazers, but you're not winning this game. I am inclined to agree with you guys. I also think that the Warriors are going to win, but I think they're going to widen the gap a little bit. So I would say Warriors up by 20. Ooh, yeah. I believe I said 10. I'll just say I said 10. There we go. I'll just, just say I said this. 10. <laughs> what did I say? We'll just, uh, we'll just say it's 10. Why not? I don't know sports. I love how the movie buffs are betting on sports like we know anything. You know? <laughs> no, you guys clearly oh, know more oh, than oh, me. No, you you sh- knew like player names. Oh no, you should have seen me watching the Spurs game last night. That was dis- that was disrespectful. Like, <laughs> they won by almost 40 points. And it's just like, damn Timberwolves, come on, do better. Right, Whoever who they're playing. Like, it's just like, do better, please. Actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and change my bet. I will say that just be crazy and say Trailblazers will win, just so that way I don't have to figure out what the hell that means if they don't. So, Nicole <laughs> State doesn't win. So, anyways. All right, back to the podcast at hand. I uh, mostly agree with Bobby. I love, love, love Midnight Special. I love the work of Jeff Nichols. I think he's a really fascinating director. Unfortunately, part of the problem is he's done another movie that almost feels like the worst defense against this movie, which is a film called Take Shelter. I love both films, but both films are also sort of about leaning towards an apocalypse, possibly, or a big reveal, and they're both about... Uh, family and both about trying to prove something to people who don't believe things and i think that midnight special just is a little bit more obvious it's just a little bit more problematic in the way it doesn't quite handle all of its narrative threads well and i think the problem is take shelter is just such a masterpiece that it's unfortunate to look at this because i think this film is great and i will tell everyone to go see it but uh i'll talk a little bit more about why i think i like take shelter better but peter what did you think of midnight special I enjoyed it. Like, um, like for like for me and 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 Bobby certainly touched on it. Like, I I loved the mystery of it. You weren't given everything all at once, and 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 even, and even after that, and even with what you were, it wasn't told like through just a bunch of a bunch of dialogue. You weren't like told up front, this boy doesn't belong here. He belongs somewhere else. There's another dimension. We're figuring this out. It's like no, that it's like no. The characters in the film are pretty much. Figuring out everything as, the, as as you, the viewer, is. Okay, clearly this boy isn't normal. Clearly this cult is following him. Okay, we're figuring that out. He's able to do some stuff that he's... We find out he's able to do more and more things that just boggles the mind. He's picking up radio signals. He blur, he brings down a satellite. But, like, I, 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 love, I loved how... Like, at, least, at, least for, at least for me, like, like there, there was... It was more of a... In, 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 in intimacy about it, it, it like, like as I said before, before before um before we started to record this, it's it was more of a everyday kind of sci-fi thing for me. It wasn't like super space opera explosions everywhere, space like spaceships all around. Like it was very much kind of like the kind of sci-fi movie that if you happen to look out your window and if and if you were paying attention to like different things that different things that could be like talked about in the news or like on the radio or whatever it could very well be happening right outside your doorstep and you wouldn't know and 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 that and that was a different feel for sci- for science for a science fiction movie that a i haven't seen in a while and b i really appreciated uh being being able to enjoy in this movie so and so, and so for that like i really i really liked it 
No, I, I definitely agree, Peter. I think uh, one thing that this film does very, very well and it's very tough to do is, especially with the acting, is to show that this child is something more than just anything that you can even rationally understand. That's what I really, really love about the film. Right. It's very interesting because the film supposedly kind of comes from Jeff Nichols seeing his child and thinking about what it would be like if his child was sick or something like that. And you definitely see that with the family rushing towards a goal and, and going against the idea that your child might be dying but needs a bigger purpose. There's a lot of faith-based elements in this. But what's interesting is even though I'm personally an atheist, I somehow always kind of love those semi-spiritual movies like this because... They really do a great job selling that this child is something bigger. I especially think the moment where he shows um, Joel Edgerton, who I think is one of the most interesting characters, who's this guy who, um, basic plot synopsis, uh, these people are on the run because there's a child who is kidnapped by a cult, and they believe the child needs to go to um, his final destination to achieve his grandness, which we end up finding out is sort of like aliens, sort of like angels that can see all around our universe in this very interesting ending. Being and Joel Edgerton's this really interesting forms. sort of Peter character. Uh, Peter's in the Bible, not Peter's in our, co- no, our totally co- uh, guest here. Totally um, who is a, a non-believer who had nothing to do with this cult, but uh, was brought into it. And when the child shows off his powers, you really, truly feel the faith that comes through that. And I think that's what makes it so interesting to me, is that maybe someone who doesn't have faith, I find faith representation so fascinating in film. And it does it so well. I just love all the acting in this film. I thought that the film had such a great, um, like, tenderness to it. You know, it was a very, um, very human film. The you the way the acting was done, you very much understood it. Not just you know this whole faith base. This child is kind of a savior figure throughout the film, but um, I really liked the parental relationships that they showed you know this the boy was taken from his biological mother and father and put into this cult to be raised by another man for two years the mother couldn't handle it and had left and the father stayed to watch after his son and eventually essentially kidnaps him to bring him to what his final destination needs to be you know to to give him a better life but I really, I really liked the way that they portrayed the familial relationships, how there was, and it was very subtle, and most of it wasn't said, you know, they don't ever particularly say that Kirsten Dunst is the mother, you know, they, they don't use those words, now the, the boy does call his dad father, you know, they called him dad, but the relationship between the parents and the relationship between them and the child was all very, um, just unspoken, but the way it was handled was very beautiful and very subtle in the appropriate kind of way. I thought that really added a lot to the film. Yeah, a lot of it was done in those quiet moments, like like after they get to Sarah's house, the the character played by Kirsten Dunst, when like when when uh, when the bo- when the boy when he's just kind of playing like play, playing on the floor and, and playing the floor and, and so Roy and so Roy and Sarah like they they like they like they're just sitting watching him and they just hold hands like them watching like them watching him before before they finally go on to like the military base or or, or whatever or, or whatever like that final place was when 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 they have that final hug the fi- the fi- final glances between the son and his father the dot like the 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 mother the mother and the mother and her, and her son it was those moments that like I, I honestly made me tear up a little bit because it's like because because like you see how much they care about him and how even though they hate that like as Sarah's character says we might like you know when she says we might have to just accept that this could be the last day we actually spend with him you could see how much they just wanted him to be in the best possible place for him to live 
And I like no, that they... I, I like that they didn't over-dramatize those moments by having them be verbal, you know? In that last moment between father and son as they're going off into the woods, and they easily could have scripted something along the lines of, you know, like, I'll always love you, or you'll always be my son, or something that's overdone and is in every film. But they didn't. They just let it be a look. And, it and was they just al- left and it at that. that. And it was already that said he was incredible. like... And I mean, and it was already said when, 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 when the boy was like, when the boy was like, you don't have to worry about me. And, he, and like, and the father responded with, I'll always worry about you. And like, it, it, it was a while before they even got to that final, like that final glance. So it's like, you already knew that, 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 that feeling was there. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's done so much in action, which is what I love. Uh, this film was very much uh, influenced by what Jeff Nick says, the eighties chase movies, which is things like E.T. or Starman, or uh, Close yeah. Encounters, these sort of. Spielbergian moments, and that's the thing that I think is very incredible. So he really did deliver some of those moments that made you go, "Wow!" I thought the moment with the um, satellite was just incredible. Oh yeah, the way it builds and the tension it built, and I love, love, love the sequence with Adam Driver, who just in general I thought was such a good character. I almost was mad he was not in film more. I wanted to see sort of a conclusion to his character because that whole sequence where he talks to Alton really did feel like a true alien spiritual encounter. The way it was almost built yeah. around myths and the way it was built around the idea of only one person gets to see the majesty of what it is that cannot be explained. I agree. And I blew everyone's <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought of comparing it to something like E.T. I, I really, I hadn't considered that before. And I, I do think it's a pretty great comparison. I mean, the, the, it, it is a chase movie that is bottom line what you can boil it down to sci-fi chase film but it doesn't feel that way and the subplot of the cult coming and trying to take all of you away that I, I almost kind of forgot about it throughout moments of the film because I was so wrapped up in what was happening in each scene so the scene where the the cult finally catches up with them and takes all away I did not see coming. Now, I should have. I really should have because, of course, of course they were going to catch up to him. That's how you get the drama of the film. If they just successfully made it to their destination without any, you know, problems, that would have been a very boring movie. But at the same time, you know, them getting shot and, you know, you know, you know, zip tying Kirsten Dunst into the bathroom and taking the boy away. I mean, that was a very tension filled, prominent moment that I should have expected, but didn't and that was wonderful i love being surprised I, <laughs> like i have to agree I with that the, uh... like I, I just want to say like i have to i have to agree with that like i did not see that coming because 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 after like after the three adults had like that kind of like that revelation with, with, with the boy before like before the two cult members caught up with them i had ju- i had literally like a minute before just thought okay cool no one's gonna get shot and then boom it's like great thank you rip that <laughs> rip that dream away from me <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I really really like the, the guy chasing them. Uh, I think it's such a great thing about the film that the cult was very interesting. It could have easily been a evil cult that was sinisterly using him for money or something terribly boring like that. They really did believe in him, and they really also did believe in the cause. I like the whole sequence where the guy who ends up being sort of their heavy. The guy's like, I used to be an electrical engineer. Like, I don't know how to kill people. I don't know how to chase down people. What am I doing? Like, it was such a unique, interesting moment of clarity to take that time. That's what I like about the film. It takes its time to say, these are characters, these are people, instead of just, it very easily could have been a film that was just about 
big guy who can do magic things and bad people want him. It's much more complicated and interesting than that, I feel like. So let's get into it and let's talk about it. It's the thing that kind of, I think most people like or love the first two thirds. How do you feel about the reveal? Is it too much? Is it too different? Is it too Tomorrowland? What what do, what do you feel about this? Oh, I forgot about Tomorrowland. End, I never saw that movie. Um, I just saw the trailers. It kind of looks like the design. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about this sort of revelation that it's sort of aliens slash angels who are uh, invisible to the human eye, and we get to sort of see the giant cities and structures that surround us? What do you feel about that ending? Is it too much? How do you feel? You know, I did not have a problem with the ending. And I feel like in most movies, an ending like that would have really bothered me. I I think normally that's not something I would have accepted. But in the context of this film, I I bought it. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. You know, I, I liked the different shots that they showed of this fantasy world that's built on top of our own. You know, they spent a lot of time showing you what that infrastructure looked like transposed over our infrastructure I mean they had multiple shots of it at multiple different locations and kind of the realization of our you know normal people looking upon this world and I actually appreciated that they spent time doing that Um, I wasn't bothered by the I guess beings of light you know that that fit with me um, based on everything that they'd already explained in the context of the film with the boy and his, you know, the light in his eyes and the light in his palms and, you know, just all that kind of um, stuff. I, I really, I, I was not bothered by the extraterrestrial angel alien reveal. I, I really felt that it made the most sense. Yeah, I, I feel agree. like a lot of people say it reveals a lot, but I feel like it almost doesn't. No, there's so many no, more, more questions. What would have bothered me is if they named it. Yes. You know? Right. That's what would have pissed me off if they'd been like, this is Excelsior, or whatever the fuck they wanted to call it. Like, that, yeah. that would have annoyed me, but they didn't. They left it open. You don't know what those creatures are. You don't know what that world is. It's not explained, so you can draw your own conclusions. And I think if they'd spelled it out for me, then I would have hated it. But because right. they left it so open, I'm not bothered by it at all. Right, because with that it, reveal, they could have gone so much bigger. They could have been like, okay, we have this, like, okay, in, instead of it just being these beings of light, we have this massive civilization that just has just been kind of watching us, kind, kind of like kind of like a, like a human watching a gerbil in their cage. No, they're just, I mean, there. Like, mm-hmm. like, they're, like they're, well, there, but not there. They, they, they exist on a different plane. Like, like, what, like what you said, Bobby, like, they could have done so much more, but they kind of like held like held it in. They kept that mystery. They and it, 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 it wasn't like it wasn't like oh the government knows about this. Like they'd be holding it secret. It's like no, no one knows who the no one knows who they are. We all have that. We all are left with questions. Like like the FBI doesn't know who they are. The parents don't know what they are. Though we do kind of get a hint that Roy may know what they are mm-hmm. at the very end with like with right. that very last shot. But it's like I I love that they kept that mystery. They they they, with like they kept the questions open ended. Yeah, the movie didn't lay all its cards on the table. There's still stuff that you don't know, and I I like that. I, in, in some films, you can they cannot reveal enough so that you have too many questions at the end of it. But I felt this one left you with just enough information that you can kind of play with the ideas of what all of it means. You mm-hmm. know, when you're unpacking it yourself later on. But I, 
I'm bothered by films that spell everything out for you at the end and wrap it up in a nice little bow and be like, oh, that's the story. Now everything is concluded. Everything is happy now. And the fact that you are left with questions about Roy and you're left with questions about the beings and the world and, you know, the who knows what, you know, that's the big question of the whole movie is who actually knows anything other than the boy. And even he is still not sure of exactly what he is and exactly what this world is. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of open-ended questions, but enough to allow you to conclude the film. I guess that's where I come down at being a little bit more negative on the film is that I think maybe it all has too many questions. I think maybe by having so many open-ended threads and elements and things, I guess that's the thing. A lot of people leave this film going, huh, because there is no one way to see it. And perhaps for me, I just need a little bit something more concrete, which is why I think I prefer uh, Take Shelter, because it kind of ends in a similar way where it ends with, oh, wait, what? Wait, now what is happening? But there's more of an establishment of what the ending of that film means for the characters, either uh, one way or another. And I think I think with that sort of binary answer, it's more of a sense. But I can't get, it's hard for me just to get a sense of, wait, was Faith right? Was science right? Was anybody right? And I guess that's part of the thing. It's like, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't just answer everything, but I also feel like it's hard to get a grasp on where the director is coming from in general and what his goals were, I guess, is my thing. Like, what was I the think, I do thing. still love the film, but I think it, it almost like it's just too cold at the end even with a lot of the great, great moments, particularly. I feel like so much of the film, if there were worse actors, I think is part of the problem, is that the film is such good acting that if mm-hmm. there was worse actors, I think I wouldn't have been as invested because I think they had to carry so much of the role. Which, again, maybe that means the director is very smart and knows that he doesn't. He just needs really good actors to deliver a very quiet script. Or maybe it means the script just needs more in it. I'm not sure. I just thought the film played off of its emotional arcs, and I thought that's really where it won. Is I, I guess for me the uh, the actual answers to the questions of the film: who is the boy? What are the beings? What is this world? That kind of I don't know. I guess it didn't matter to me because what mattered was the emotional arc. You know, what mattered was the desperation of needing to get out of this cult and the the need to go home. You know, and that's basically what the the whole movie is about is needing to go home or find a home. And I I I liked that it was simply, you know, in in the ending shots of the film, you aren't having someone wrap it up for you. You aren't having a narrator explain. You aren't even having one of the main characters explain. You're simply looking at, you know, Kirsten Dunst changing her appearance, you know, starting a new life, and you have the FBI concluding their investigation with all of the questions they're still going to have to ask, and you have Roy, and you don't know what's going on with him. He's just standing there, you know? It's, I I appreciated that they went with simply an emotional answer as opposed to an actual intellectual one. No, I I understand that. I guess it just sometimes the emotion didn't quite hit me as well, and maybe I just wanted more from the cult and maybe more from Adam Driver as well, who I found were so interesting, but so much of the film is sitting on Alton and the family that I think by the time it was done, they, the director was like, well, the whole story is done, even though it doesn't feel that way. 
I, maybe it's just more. I just want to see more of the story because I'm so invested in it. I, I would have part of the problem. I would have liked to see more of the cult. I would have liked to understand them further because I didn't quite understand the uh, religious significance of you know the boy and how he was supposed to be playing a role there. And um, I did like how they did the uh, in the early in the film where they were doing interviews with each of the cult members and how they were all explaining their relationship with the boy to pretty much you know show that this is based in reality. This isn't. Um, these people aren't really crazy. They're all telling the same story and they all have a deep emotional connection to this child. But at the same time, I do wish they would have spent a little more time with them, especially at the end, because I wanted to see the fallout of the compound. You know, they've basically That's lost true. their yeah. uh, their messiah, so to speak. And I would have been interested to see, um, A, the, the cult leader's mm. perspective on this guy, the, the boy essentially, I don't know, if you want to call it ascending into heaven, if that's what you want to take it as. Ascension of some sort. Right? I'll some call it sort an ascension. ascension. Some yeah. sort yeah. of ascension. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, I mean, I would have been interested to see how the cult then looked at it because while they all seem to have a specific tenderness and emotional attachment to the child, at the same time, they're the bad guys in the film. They right. and the government. So I would have been more interested. We obviously saw the government's fallout at the end of the film um, to kind of see where they were going with it. But I would have liked to at least cap off the cult's relationship at the very end. And I really think that was the only thing that was missing for me. No, I agree with that. And I think that it's part of the issue with the film. And it's such a nice issue to have. It's that there are so many interesting characters in the film, like the person, the former cult leader. I mean, that's one thing that does the very film very interestingly is they just briefly come to this guy's house who used to be a member of the cult and, we don't know why he left. We don't know if he was excommunicated or mm-hmm. what the issue is there. And there's this really beautiful moment where it's almost like an addict trying to get back to his source where he once again tries to get the sort of light slash vision of the future world from the child. And that ends up like almost destroying the child too. And I think it's such an interesting idea. And it's almost like, you want more of that? Or is it better that the film leaves it so quiet and doesn't have a whole boring monologue. We won't, you know, when we all know what happened. And I think that's one thing that the script does very well. It doesn't do that terrible exposition thing of, hello, former cult member who used to be in the cult. How are you today, former cult member who used to be in the cult? What happened? Explain your story to me, even though I know what happened. Well, I'm like, doing fine and dandy. Let me tell you, let me tell it to you from my perspective. It, it does, it's very bold and very tough, but very bold of the director to uh, Jeff Nichols to, to say, it's just a child, and that's what I think is very interesting. It's very image-driven, which I like from directors. It's, there's a, it's two people driving at night. There's a child with glasses and earmuffs on reading a comic book. That's just an image in your head. Build a story around that, and I think that's kind of what makes the film great and also sometimes suffers at times. It is so image-focused that sometimes you do feel like, at least for me, that I'm like, okay, where are these characters from? Maybe I do want just a little bit more, and I, obviously I don't want that terrible exposition man to come barging into the station, but... Sometimes it does feel like, wait, just give me something. Just give me something. I just think it's so um, interesting with such few words how they created these deep, interesting backstories. And I think Lucas is a great example. You know, at the beginning of the film, you have him, you know, nearly get into a car accident, get out of the car to check on the driver, notice that the driver is injured and a state trooper pulls up. And Lucas ends up shooting the state trooper. What... And, I mean, that was an interesting moment to begin with, but as the film unravels, you learn that Lucas himself is a state trooper, and his involvement in this whole operation is three days old. You know, he had, you know, Roy and the child show up on his doorstep asking for help, so his involvement is 
is spontaneous and he has no roots to the problem. I mean, I think his character with very few, like tiny snippets of dialogue managed to create this incredibly fascinating individual that you, I mean, you've got to wonder what his motivations are. And I think that almost um, added to the fantasy of the child because that's got to be a pretty incredible kid for someone to believe in so deeply that they put their life on the line that quickly. Right, that because you have to imagine with Lucas, like if, if, he, if he was, if after meeting the kid like a few days prior to the film starting, if he was able to have that deep of a, that deep of a connection like just off of three days, then... Then they add to that. Actually, you go back to the point about about, about us not following that Bobby made about us not fo- uh, finding out the fallout about the cult. How much of a connection did they have with him? Spending two years with him, like yeah. like, like what what kind of profound effect could this kid have on that many people? Like. Could- because you believe the relationship. You believe that Lucas very deeply cares about the well-being of this child. You know, you, you, I mean, all of the relationships in the film I found to be very believable. And everyone's motivations seemed to make sense. It, you know, I didn't have a moment where I stepped out of the film and be like, no one would do that. This like, is stupid. Right. Who, who would do that? I didn't have that. And that's usually my big issue with a lot of sci-fi films is I find that I've lost the motivation of the main characters, that the plot doesn't follow what an actual human being would do in that situation. And for such an incredible um, relationship to have developed so quickly in the context of this film, I, I find that you know really a testament to the director of how well it was constructed. I think that's why I, I identified the uh, Adam Driver's character so much, and I think maybe it is the more the, the agnostic atheist cipher of the film. But I think what I like is so many um, sci-fi films would have that character be like, that's just uh, an illusion. <laughs> that satellite was, of course, supposed to come down. It's like he would just be like idiot man until the very end. But what I like about Adam Driver is he slowly believes in him so that when you get to the point where all the that great sequence where he sees that the child is standing up, but the video feed shows that he's sitting down. Oh, that gave me chills. <laughs> oh my God. That, oh, was, that was so yeah. good. It's so good. It's so, so good. good. It's so creepy. And, but what I love about that is he embraces that. He, he has come to this point to realize that the child is special. It is different. And he has a purpose in its escape, but he gets to the point that I'm not going to fight this anymore. I'm not, I don't care what my role was. This is my role now. And that's what I really appreciated. It doesn't, write these characters as he does this and he does that thing always 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 it is about how people can change especially in the face of something very big and very dramatic like that film yeah so the film we noticed has only made about five million dollars worldwide on a budget of 18 million dollars which is so disappointing um, it really it's is terrible but how would you guys market this film i guess that's the question what Oh. How does one get the message out about this film? Because it is so excellently well made, but it is so weird. I guess that's my question. What is it about this film that you have to trick people? It need to be a little honest. I mean, I thought the trailers were okay, but again, neither of you guys really knew heard much about this film before I recommended it for the podcast. So, no. What is it about this film that is tough for audiences to get behind? Do you think, even those who have seen it, or just to see it in general? I find that in general with more artsy films most people struggle with the lack of dialogue and i think bottom line that's where this film is going to struggle because people don't like to watch trailers that um 
don't have a lot of dialogue. They, uh, you know, especially with summer movies. I think part of the problem with this film is it came out at the wrong time. Yeah. This movie should have come out in the fall. You know, it's it's just not a summer film. Um, and so I think that uh, timing has a lot to do with it. Um, I mean, if this movie was marketed as a chase movie, which it is, um, that could have played a little better. Uh, but at the same time, I find that might have been disingenuous to uh, what the movie really is because it is delicate. And to try to turn it into an action chase film would have um, would have been misleading. So I, I really I don't know how you get people to the box office to see a film like this, especially in the summer, um, because it is it is so so delicate and so emotional and so quiet of a film. It's hard to compete with the hard-hitting blockbusters of Civil War and Zootopia and The Jungle Book. It's just the film did not need to come out in March. Yeah, I mean it's I mean, yeah. like when you look at the when you look at the kind of kinds of movies that come out in the summer, it's kind of hard to go to, it's kind of hard to convince people to see movies that are either not from not, that are either not part of franchises that they're familiar with uh, that do not have huge uh, audience bringing names that they are familiar with that do not have necessarily a, f a, fami a familiar plot device that, 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 at that at least for a summer film a a movie or a movie that comes out in the summer that, that they are familiar with. So I agree with Bobby. Like, at least for me, I don't know how I would market this to people. It it it, w it would be I, I, even with the friends that I have, like outside of outside of everyone on this podcast, I think it would be difficult to convince someone unless unless they happen to be into our uh, our house our house films to go to go see this movie with me. That would have been difficult. Yeah, I think I led you guys down a screed that I wanted to give myself because it's basically <laughs> I've been noticing that April and March is when. It's this very weird time for these kind of weird movies that are hard to market come out. It's these movies that are more genre, that are but aren't so genre that they can be a summer movie and aren't so like Oscar friendly in that sense. Like maybe say Gravity or March, and then they come out in uh, October or November. So people try to see these movies when they're out in May, May, March and April. Please, please. This is when Ex Machina came out last year. This is when The Witch came out. Like. Try like go it, see these movies like, while they're in theaters. Like it is such a shame that this was only in select theaters. It was, and it was in major theaters for like a week. A week, best, if that. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just this film didn't last in theaters, and you know I understand why people would struggle to to take a film like this and you know to go see something like this unless you really are you know movie buffs you know we heard about it we saw it but you know in in general we kind of spend an inordinate amount of time looking at what's coming out and reading about the next big thing and reading blogs and reviews and whatnot so and i i know that the majority of people aren't going to to do stuff like that um so i mean i think films like this really do struggle but there is such a beauty to something like this movie that I really wish more people would take the time to experience because it could turn you on to a whole different genre of film that you would have never tried before. I think that's an yep. excellent way to end the conversation, Bobby. <laughs> so let us yes. check. All right, don't, don't, don't get like it to your head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it is the time of the show where we take scores from everybody. So first up is Bobby. What would you give Midnight Special? 
I I really, really enjoyed this film. So I'm going to give it an eight. That is what I scored um, Spotlight. And I really think that this film is on the same level for me. I loved the narrative of it. I loved that it was a quiet film while at the same time having a good level of action. Um, I just, I, I really appreciated the acting. I thought it was well shot. I thought it was clever throughout. Um, so I, I think it very much deserves an eight. All right. And Peter, what do you give Midnight Special? I will also give Midnight Special an 8. I enjoyed the mystery of its sci-fi nature. I, I, I also thoroughly enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the tender moments between each between each character and, and their relationships. I enjoyed the believability of those relationships and, and, why, and why each character was doing what they were doing and, and their motivations for them. Um, and I... And, and I also I also enjoyed the the visuals that we got at the end when we finally saw like the beings of light in like their city with their plane with with their plane existing above existing above our own. Um, I, I I really I really enjoyed this film and I and I hope that more people whether they see it in theaters if they're able to or afterwards or afterwards at some point in the future if they if they get a chance to see this movie because I think and I hope that they really enjoy it. So yeah, it's an eight from me. Uh, I'm going to go just a little bit under, give it a 7. I love this film quite a bit, but like I said, just a little bit too many loose threads, a little bit too cold in parts, but like everyone else, I really hope people see it because I think it is just a very, very interesting, unique, and excellent film. So that, because I'm not afraid of math, so I didn't go up to 8, Jack, uh, (laughs) gives us, I'm just kidding, I made him, I forced him into that one. Uh, that gives us, let's round that up to a 7.66. Let's round that up to a 7.6. I guess Jack could decide whether that's 7.6 or 7.7. Uh, so 7.6 for Midnight Special. I think that's actually about average from what it got. Yeah. Yeah, I think All it right. had like 7.3 on uh, IMDb. So that's... Yeah, so we're yeah, about, we're about that part. Cool. I'm glad that, yeah, that not too many people. Maybe just so we haven't seen it. I feel like it would be more like in the sixes if more people saw it. It's a little That's bit true. weirder. But, but it's great. Everyone should go watch it. We should. <laughs> <laughs> so on three, we will check the score of the Trailblazers versus Golden State. And we will see who won. So three, two, one. All right. The score is Trailblazers behind. It is 51 to 60. Five. That means it is fourteen, which means Peter. Peter wins. <laughs> Yay, oh Peter! Our yeah. very, very uh, well organized uh, bet. Oh, we're super, so. we're super organized here. Every every week, we have our shit on yes. lock. Mm-hmm. So, Peter, you are free to end the podcast however you wish, as of now. Okay, well, first off, let me just say, early in the episode, I said Spurs against the Timberwolves. I know they're going against OKC Thunder. I made a mistake early in the episode. On that note, let me just say to all of our all of our listeners who watch sports who may be in Houston, yes, I do realize I'm a Spurs fan. Why? I was born there. I had God family who went God, God family who went to me with two games. I went to college in San Antonio. Like like like, like everyone on this cast knows this. Uh, at our college, we have a bell tower, and literally, if the Spurs make it to the playoffs, we have this massive banner that says "Go Spurs, Go" that I miss seeing right now. So, um, honestly, my last word is that, is that I'm just really excited to watch the, re- the rest of the NBA playoffs. Whether or not the Spurs make it to the finals, I don't care. I'm going to enjoy watching every single game that I can catch, and that's and that's my final word. 
basketball for life. Ball is life. Um, <laughs> thank you very much, everyone, to listening to this week's episode of of Move, a Movie Game Podcast. We hope you we hope you uh, enjoyed it. Uh, next week, re- next week we're going to be talking about uh, Captain America: Civil War. Though, unfortunately, I will not be there because, fortunately, I will be at my brother's graduation ceremony. So I'm very excited for him. Uh, hope you all have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace.